Alrighty, well, welcome to another episode of MRP. As always, I'm Daniel. And I am Jose. So today on the couch, we have Kevin, Kevin Campos. Say hi, Kevin. Hello. But Kevin is a really good friend of ours. We've known him a couple years. We're just going to have him on with us today. Uh, we're diving into the supernatural bit, the paranormal. Um, <clears throat> right on. Yeah, man. Yeah. So we're going to be talking to Justin Bamforth. And Justin Bamford is the artist, uh, the artist, the author author of the spectrum, uh, glimpses of the paranormal and encounters with the strange. And uh, we're going to be talking to him about his book and about some of the topics that he's uh, researched into, as well as presenting uh, experience Jose had himself. Yeah, I'll I'll be getting into that a little bit later into this. But um, yeah. Yeah, so Justin's going to be joining us through Skype audio. Yeah, since he lives, like, what, in, like, Pennsylvania? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's uh, kind enough to grace us with his voice. <laughs> yeah, I can't really afford to fly him in yet. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Skype will have to do for now. <clears throat> so how long till we get him on? I don't know. I'm to fire the tech guy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, we need a new tech guy. Just go ahead and uh, fire the one we got. And while while we um, <laughs> send while... in resumes at mrp.com. <laughs> yeah. If you are good at handling sound equipment, we will have a resume <laughs> option open on our website. So while we uh, while we wait, how about um, Kevin? How, how do you feel What's about? Up, guys? <clears throat> I'm sorry. What? 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 Sorry, <laughs> Kevin. How do you feel about the su- the supernatural and the paranormal in that sense like how what's your take on all that uh mm-hmm, sorry that was loud uh personally i am super intrigued by it uh because you know i grew up in a really really strict sort of adventist household so you know i i was never allowed to like look at scary things and things like that but once i got older and I can make my own decisions i started like you know just watching like i love scary movies and i love all of that and it's just really interesting to me. Um, I am a little bit skeptical on a lot of on um, different things, but either way, it still in- intrigues me. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah I kind of feel the same way. Um, um, I've always thought it was, you know, kind of interesting. Um, I never really doubted that it was real. Um, and actually, because I kind of like inside me kind of knew it was real, I always kind of just chose to like stay away from anything that had to do with anything paranormal because I didn't want any part of my life getting involved with any of that. Right. Stuff, I think, I think maybe know? on some level I feel the same yeah. way. Yeah. 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 It's like you can't, but, you can't really fathom or like you can't comp- comprehend that that's actually happening. Yeah. Or like, yeah. Especially because I've never really experienced anything too. Yeah, yeah. Like me neither. Right. So, and, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't yeah. know. I've, I've never put myself in the situation where I like would, you know, have a supernatural encounter and which is interesting because when I least expected it is when it kind of happened to me. I've had one, one kind of encounter that kind of just, um, just kind of changed my perspective on it. And it's like, it's, it's definitely not fake, you know? Do you ever think of why that happened to you? I like, does that, do you ever think of like, why, like why this, why now, like any coincidences or like, like why, you know? The only coincidence I can really like think of is that that night the weather was like really like ominous and creepy 
and me and my friend kind of talked about how ominous and creepy the weather was and kind of mm. like poked jokes at like ooh zombie weather like ooh this is creepy <laughs> like, they heard you. Like, like ooh something's gonna like come out to get us while we're out oh, here oh it's kind of like you we were know? making fun of it and they are yeah. like yo let's <laughs> fuck with this kid yeah we were just like fucking around like, excuse and then, like, me sir <laughs> exactly something was like Mm-mm, we gonna show you tonight how dare you assume my existence <laughs> How dare you assume my existence? Oh, man. Yeah, because, like, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, on Halloween we stayed at, like, a haunted house and we saw things or whatever. And you're like, well, I mean, I mean, there's your explanation, but you were just, like, random. Yeah, it was, like, random place. Like, it wasn't, like, a haunted place. It wasn't, like, a forest in the middle of nowhere. Like, Like, there's really no other coincidence that I can think of. Like, there's nothing haunted by us, like. That you know of, I mean, or... Yeah, that I know of. You know. Yeah. Have you seen if any anyone else has found the same reports, like, in that area? No, I haven't really, like, looked at it. I mean, like... Because, like, what if other people saw it, too? Like... I've, I've tried, like, researching into what it was exactly that I saw, and I've heard other people's accounts of, like, similar sightings, but nowhere really in my area, which is... In almost, the hood? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It, I mean, it didn't happen even, like anywhere close to where I lived. It happened like thirty minutes away from where. I lived. Oh, okay, okay, oh, okay. So, oh wow, uh, hood adjacent. Yeah, no, not in the hood. Yeah, it happened in Marietta. Oh, oh that's not the hood. I'm never going no, to Marietta. Yeah, I know. No. <laughs> <laughs> I live in the hood, but Marietta's definitely not. The you hood. know where it is, right? Like where you went. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly where it is. We should go back. Yeah, no, like the <laughs> thing is that I did go back like a year after it happened, and like we kind of examined like the whole place and like we like retraced our steps and um the thing that i saw at the time to me it seemed like it was farther away from me than i thought it was but when we went back and retraced our steps like there was this one tree where it was standing next to and i thought it was quite a distance away from me but then when we went back and looked like that tree that that thing was standing behind was no more than like five feet away from where I was standing. Oh, so it was really close. It was really close to where I was. Dang. Like hey, really close hey, to where hey. I was standing. But okay. we'll get we'll get more into that in a minute. Okay. Hello? Justin? Hey, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Can you hear us? Excellent. Yes, I can. It seems like we were experiencing some audio difficulties earlier, but it's all taken care of now. Oh, okay. Nice, nice. Okay, so uh, this is Daniel. I don't know if you can see us or not, but just want to get you familiar with my voice. And then um, I am Jose. I'm pretty excited about this. Very nice to meet you. And, and I am Kevin, and I'm also very excited. Um, pleasure to meet you. Awesome. Um, okay, so just to uh, kind of give the audience a little bit of uh, who uh, Justin is, and as well to you guys. Um, so Justin's been exploring the paranormal and the phenomenon, the UFO topic, and reports of men in black, as well as, you know, high strangers um, for uh, two decades now, correct, Justin? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he lectures on this subject and he cooperates and um, research uh, with other researchers um, throughout the world. And uh, he's also uh, a creative professional by trade. Uh, he's in advertising and marketing. And mm-hmm. uh, he just finds time to uh, do both, uh, which is really great and really awesome. So thank you once again for uh, taking the time to be with us, Justin. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll go um, kind of right into it. Um, so, Justin, you're you're from uh, Pennsylvania, correct? You uh, we talked a little bit beforehand. Yes, yes, okay. I'm from uh, the Philly metro area, which is where I currently reside, um, just outside Northeast Philly in uh, Lower Bucks County. Awesome, awesome. 
So um, has this work, um, your, your investigation into the paranormal, has it taken you anywhere else or uh, have you worked anywhere else uh, with your job as well? Um, yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, following the stories where, wherever they may lead, um, it's, it's a global phenomenon. Um, there's never, there's, there seems to be activity wherever you go or a story wherever there's people. Um, it's really interesting, but, um, you know, you can't really make any money in this field. So everything is self funded. <laughs> so I try to keep my, uh, my radius of investigation, you know, pretty small if, if I can. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I can, I can understand that for sure. You gotta, uh, go with your budget. <laughs> um, yeah. And that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say that being said, um, my website is a great portal because it allows people to, uh, communicate with me from all over the world. I mean, I get stories okay. from all over. Oh, wow. That's it's really awesome. interesting. That's awesome. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and, and we do have a link posted on that as well for anybody who's listening and would like to check that out. Um, so Justin as well, how did, how did this whole thing start for you? You know, what, what's something happened in your life or just what's the beginning? If you could go into, into that with us. Yeah. So, um, I used to explain to people that I grew up in a haunted house, right? Um, it was one of the earliest, uh, memories that I have of the supernatural taking place in my own life. But when I look back at it now, um, after learning all that I have over the years, I think I need to start referring to it as a haunted experience more than just a haunted house. Um, since more often a haunted house is tied to a physical location, mm-hmm. but there can also be haunted people in which the phenomenon appears attracted to some, or what we also refer to as magnets for these strange things. Okay. Um, there's, there's no doubt I've also become a quote unquote magnet for a strange activity, whether it's from my own experiences or the result of meeting with others or just discussing this in general. Gotcha. So you think that it's just kind of, once you start going into it more, it just kind of becomes, they become attracted to you and they just kind of want to either stop you or more or less just, I guess, reach out to you. You, you think it's ever like that? Well, I mean, again, we can only speculate, right? Because yeah. we, mm-hmm. we still don't know what it is that we're dealing with. Right, right, right. What it's, what it is, um, what its various forms are. We can only, you know, estimate how it operates. Um, but I think that, at least what I've learned doing this now for quite some time is the more aware of the phenomenon you become, the more aware it becomes of you. Yeah. Okay. I see. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then you, you feel that where you like, where you've placed yourself has made you like more, like, I guess, uh, yeah, more attainable to whatever it is. Uh, Possibly. I mean, it, it all depends how you look at it, right? I mean, if you look at it as an external force with a, with an agenda or with, um, you know, a, a goal in mind, um, then yes, you know, it's easy to, to guess that it could, you know, target you or it could help you or, or whatnot. But if we look at it as something that's perhaps tied to the human experience as a whole, perhaps it's always existed. It's just that we kind of like don't pay attention to it or maybe certain elements allow us to become more open to it. Okay. And I think that starts when we become more aware of it. Uh, especially to this reality, this unseen realm, if you will. Yeah, it's like that phenomenon where, um, like, I've I've had this issue where, well, not issue, but I, like I met somebody who had this certain truck, and then all of a sudden it's like you start seeing this truck everywhere, and it's like, hold on, 
has this truck always been on the road? <laughs> you know, it's like you just. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I know exactly. Yeah, it's like you don't really notice things until you see them, like mm-hmm. for once. Yeah, yeah. So yep, that's a great, great point. Yeah, yeah. So, um, has there been any major um effect to your personal life, like whether good or bad, like in a sense of psychic backlash? Well, it certainly affected my personal life. That's for sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm a real hit at parties. Oh, <laughs> I bet, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. some drunk guy comes up and he's like, dude, dude, I just saw like three of me in the bathroom. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a mirror, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's either people are receptive to it or they're not, you know, and, and usually the people that are not, they, they'll just simply dismiss it. Um, usually because they can't wrap their heads around it. Um, I mean, there's, there's more than enough stories, evidence, experience. Um, to suggest that something exists, right? It's an, mm-hmm. it's no longer a question of does is this stuff real? It's more like okay, well, why is it real? Why is it here? Um, and again, it goes back to the awareness, right? This is a phenomenon that's been around since the beginning of human history. It's just what we use to describe the phenomenon morphs and evolves as our perceptions change and evolve over time. Um, I, I guess maybe the the main reason people dismiss it though is probably out of fear you know they usually right. mm-hmm. fear what they don't understand yeah that's yeah, the human condition yeah. you know just scared of what we don't know yeah, yeah. just kind of like try to ignore it right and this is one of the reasons why i began uh, my website normal paranormal um basically to take the fear out of this topic and just kind of create a place where people could discuss and contemplate what this stuff is or what it might be um you bring up another point there: psychic backlash right mm-hmm so in my book, um, The Spectrum, I talk about this concept uh, called psychic backlash. Now, that's a phrase I first heard about uh, through another fellow author and researcher named Nick Redfern. Uh, I highly recommend his books. Um, it, this is basically or essentially when the phenomenon appears to realize it's under observation and it responds in a detrimental manner. So, for example, like, if someone becomes really involved in this research, uh, their, info- their involvement can be met with like a string of bad luck or um, you know, seemingly uh, bizarre occurrences that, that take a weird turn for the worst. Um, other investigators and research- researchers have experienced this. Um, it can be you know, in a, on an acute scale or it can be on a large scale. Um, for example, I'm trying to think back, like John Keel. Have, are you guys familiar with him? Or have you ever heard the name? No, I, uh, I have not. Uh, I can, no. no. You've probably heard of the Mothman prophecies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of the Mothman. So that, John Keel was the guy who, who wrote that book, right? That turned into the movie later on in 2002. Um, well, this, that was based on a real event in 1966, 67, around the West Virginia Point Pleasant area. Um, when he was looking into this phenomenon, weird things began happening to him um there's there's so much uh so many stories i should say of um of researchers and investigators just getting too deep and you really have to know when to pull back um that's that's the key right because it's so easy to become obsessed with it um but it's like anything right you just you have to balance it out yeah yeah no, of course and it's like, especially on the internet, right? It's it's just this rabbit hole of curiosity. You can oh, just yeah, <laughs> yeah, just spend hours and hours just researching this stuff. 
So exactly. So is that something that you're that you're constantly like worried about? Is you know, like if you start you know investigating something, you're like, oh, okay, let me let me chill out a little bit. Like, is that something that you think about going into certain things, or is that like a constant fear or something that that you might get too involved? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there have been points where I've had to walk away from this for an extended period of time. It oh, just man. became too intense. Um, mm. A great example now, well, I should say, but what causes that, right? Is it, is it again coming from the phenomenon as an external force or is it coming from within us? So an example of this is like, if you feel like you're going to get sick, right? You yeah. then become sick. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a mental thing. It, right. And it could be, you know, an aspect of the phenomenon too, how it operates. It could be that maybe when we're expecting something to happen, therefore it manifests. Um, but why does that happen only sometimes, right? It's not all the time. Because you'll have people who like, go out into the field, they want something crazy to happen to them, and nothing happens. Um, but maybe it's, maybe it's our mindset, right? Maybe it's, again, when we become more aware of it. Um, this happened to me one time. I was listening to, uh, to recordings of an... Uh, of a supposed exorcism, right? And I was in my apartment listening to it at the time. And where I had sat at my desk, I oh, could man, see that's the so kitchen. Scary. Right? <laughs> I've already freaked you out. Yeah, dude. Like I was like, why would you do that? Like it's so scary. You know, because this is what I do. This is what I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm sitting there at my desk. I have the headphones, the clamshell headphones on, and where I'm. Seated, I can see my kitchen directly in front of me, right? And as I'm listening to these tapes, um, which are very intense, I then see right in front of me the um, the dishwasher uh, unlock itself, oh, and the whole dishwasher comes down, um, you know, and opens the? right there. And at that point, I realized, okay, I think I'm done for the night. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. How, how would you? How would you? I guess it's kind of hard to explain something like that, right? Like, how would you make that connection? Do you think? You think if it would have happened and you were doing something completely like different, would you have thought the same thing, or was it just because of where you were in that uh, at that like what you were doing in that very moment? You know. Yeah, no, that's a great question because we I'll never know for sure, right? Because I cannot mm -hmm. go back to that time. Um, it could have been a coincidence, right? It could have been that maybe the dishwasher was just slightly askew and mm -hmm. it was just the timing, or maybe there was like a force outside that you know caused this. Um, this uh, this physical effect, right? To just mm -hmm. jostle it enough to come down. Um, what was also interesting about that is then, for the next um, throughout that day, uh, or I'm sorry, the next day, um, other weird things started happening in my apartment. But then it was gone. Um, it, it was, and I've experienced that coming back from cases uh, from time to time. We kind of call that like a, um, a kind of like a, a psychic residue, right? It's mm -hmm. like like a dirty basement and you know it's like pitch black you don't have a flashlight and then you get like cobwebs all over you or you get, or you brush up against like a dirty wall you don't realize you have dirt on your clothes until you until after the fact okay well it could maybe these things attach for whatever reason or maybe it's just you know our mindset you know um another example would be after a case um i was working on this is a number of years ago um i had come 
uh, it, you know, in another house, um, I was upstairs on the third floor and I heard footsteps coming up the steps and uh, right behind me. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was my wife at the time who had come back home early from work. And I, I turned around, you know, expecting to see her there. And I actually said, oh, you're here early. And then I stopped because there was nobody there. Mm, it felt like actual footsteps to you it felt like absolutely okay it was definitive Uh, (laughs) yeah i mean if it was enough to make you turn around and you know try to talk then yeah you definitely (laughs) thought it was something there yeah but here's the thing i wasn't working on anything you know paranormal related at that moment so i wasn't even in that mindset and i turned around fully expecting to see her and she just wasn't there um and again my lat or my my first instinct was not to think, oh, it's a ghost, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really thought it was her, and I like went to the top of the steps, and I like looked down. And I'm like, hello, are you here? <laughs> <laughs> Anyone there? No. Right. Yeah. So it's really strange. I mean, the phenomenon is very, uh, it's kind of like a trickster, right? It mm-hmm. it it loves to kind of like give you just a little bit to get you curious, and then it'll just go away. Um, but why that happens, your guess is as good as mine. I have no idea. <laughs> so um, based on your book, you mentioned that um, you're a Christian. So I was wondering how the research that you've done like affects your beliefs like religiously. Yeah. So um, you're one of the first people who's actually asked me to elaborate on that, which is great. Um, because in this field, there's a lot of people don't like to talk about the spiritual implications or they like to keep it very vague, right? Mm-hmm. You know, given that, you know, I, I grew up with the Christian belief system, um, you know, that's what I know. But I had studied the other religions at one point. I'd gotten away from Christianity to just figure out, like, to basically find myself, right? Like, does this really make sense? You know, applying these different things, these different religions to my life. And it wasn't until like much later in my adult years that I started seriously looking into Christianity and how it applies to the paranormal. Because before I would keep it like separate, right? right. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the Christian community, it's, it's a taboo topic. Yeah. Oh, you know, oh, things definitely. wouldn't really be well received, like, you know. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a shame because the easy answer that they usually label with this is to say that all the phenomenon is demonic, right? Boom. Yeah, the devil. Right. And while there are a lot of instances that could suggest this, yes, there might be something else at play. Um, again, we have to we have to look at the phenomena, right? Not through the lens of human eye, but we have to look at it through the lens of the phenomena itself. Um, I think a lot of times we do a disservice to ourselves when we try to apply our own logic. And we try to categorize and explain it into simple black and white terms when it doesn't necessarily mean that that is how the phenomenon is. Um, a great, another example of this, and one that I pull from that Bible, is something that best illustrates this. Um, and I'm not going to turn this into a Sunday sermon, don't worry. <laughs> but uh, in the Old Testament, right, the book of Joshua, um, Joshua 5, I think it is, there is, there is this part where in the scriptures, talking about how Joshua was near Jericho. And for those of you who don't know, Joshua was Moses' assistant, right? He became the leader of the Israel, the Israelite tribe after the death of Moses, just to set like a historical context here. 
Mm-hmm. So he's on top of this hill, right? And he's looking down towards Jericho when he sees this man standing uh, nearby with a sword in his hand. So Joshua went up to him and he said, hey, are you for us or are you for our enemies? And this man's response was neither. Mm. As commander of the Lord, I have now come. That's it. So That's a really good point. Yeah, I, I definitely... Right. Now, what does that tell us, right? That means that it's not just a black and white, good versus evil type thing. Like that man was there not to support or go again. He was just there for another um, another reason. But we're never told what that reason is. So we have to look at the phenomenon like that. There may be some instances where this stuff occurs and it is good. Mm-hmm. There may be some stuff that occurs that's deceptive. Um, again, another passage that I like to pull from in the New Testament is in 2 Corinthians 11, where it mentions that angels of darkness can masquerade as angels of light. So yeah. um, we must also be careful, right? Yeah, um, yeah. On, on a lighter note, though, back in the Old Testament, there's a, a scripture that says we must always entertain strangers because those could be angels too. So it's like this back and forth, right? We don't know what it is. We don't have enough information. But what we do know is that the phenomenon is real. And I just, I want to like be able to talk with Christian leaders and just kind of sit down with them. And I have actually had success with that, limited success though, where I'm just kind of like telling them, look, this is what I've learned. This is what I found out. This is what I know. We need to look at this phenomenon and we need to accept that this is going on without assuming anything, right? Without labeling it, without categorizing it. We just need to sit back and listen. That's it. Because if people are coming to the church with these issues, whether it's, you know, uh, the alien abduction phenomenon or, you know, ghosts of their deceased relatives or doppelgangers or what what have you, time Mm -hmm. slips, where are they going to go if we reject them or we instantly dismiss them, right? They're going to go somewhere else and they're going to find answers somewhere that may not be a healthy place, you know. Um, I don't know. It's something to, to consider, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a good, definitely. That's, that's a yeah. really good point. Yeah, because if you just kind of put it like, just pray on it, you know, as as sometimes right. they say, it, it's not gonna yeah, go right. away. Or yeah, you can't dismiss yeah. someone's opinion just because it's not the same as yours. Bingo, and that's what drives me nuts. Because I'm like, okay, guys, like this is you're right with the demonic end, but there's other stuff happening. Um, Another parallel to Christianity that I see is in this concept of theophany. Um, of this what, is a, I'm sorry? A, oh, it's a term called theophany. It's a visible manifestation of deity to um, to humankind. So, for example, when God appeared to people in the Bible, He appeared in various forms that could be physically observed. Burning Things bush. like exactly mm-hmm. pillars of cloud and mm-hmm. fire, storm, and if you think about it, um, Jesus, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, look at how Jesus spoke to his disciples. He used parables instead of direct answers to questions, which served to illustrate theological principles that we as humans could better grasp. So take it a step further, right? Um, there was this one psychic and uh, remote viewing pioneer named Ingo Swan. He brought up another related point in his book, Penetration. He learned that when remote viewers perceived something that they didn't understand, they would tend to explain it in ways that made sense to them. So Swan referred to this as 
what's called an analytical overlay or the ability of the mind to overlay something unknown or unfamiliar with a mental image that is recognized. And I've often wondered if experiencers of this strange phenomena are doing the same thing. Like you have a report of a ghost, right? But maybe the true form is not necessarily that. Maybe it's something entirely different. Um, on cases, we've had uh, instances where a group of investigators are in a room and they see, uh, you have like, for example, four different people, right? And they all experience something different in the same part of the room. One person will hear a voice. Another person will see a, an orb. Another person will see a, a full-bodied apparition. And the fourth person will experience nothing whatsoever. Yet they're all there in that same moment of time, all experiencing a different aspect to the phenomenon. This is bizarre. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. Uh, I think that's, I've, I've experienced something like that. I'm not so much with um, paranormal, but you know, in, in life. Right. It's, it's, it's all over the place. I mean, we, we tend to make sense of the chaos, right? We tend mm -hmm. to like, and I think as, as investigators and researchers, we do the same thing when we try to categorize this phenomenon and put it in a certain bucket simply because it makes sense to us. But that may not be how the phenomenon truly operates. Yeah, some people prefer to just kind of ignore it and just kind of be like, oh, that's, I didn't see that at all. I'm, I'm imagining things or whatever their mind is comfortable with, whatever they're head. comfortable with. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's why I decided um, to really focus and hone in on the person, the individual themselves, to really get into what they experienced instead of being so caught up with the experience itself. Um, the, way that, the way that the individual is, might give us some clues into how the phenomenon operates. Yeah, so I'm um, speaking of the individual, how do you, um, obviously you just kind of answered it as well, but um, if you could go a little more into it as well, how do you kind of meet a lot of these people, especially the ones you've um, included in your book? Um, you know, how does that process work with your investigation? Um, so again, meeting people, it's really strange. Like sometimes um, for this particular book, I went out and I, I went after uh, some people that I knew had some strange experiences, but I had only heard a little bit. Um, the best way to get information is just to go straight to the source. A lot of times you'll find that um, information or, or facts or kind of, they get distorted along the way. If you're, especially if you're hearing it secondhand. Mm -hmm. But um, sometimes people will just, contact me or they'll just, you know, hear about my book or my website, you know, they'll send me a story. Um, it, it's really interesting. Um, it's been a wild ride. Uh, I never know what to expect. Now, that being said, right, I do get a lot of messages from um, people that uh, yeah, maybe they're not. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, where I'm going. With this yeah. Day, right? <laughs> You're kind of like, well, did that really happen? Yeah. Or <laughs> <laughs> was, was that wishful thinking? But what I try to do is I try to reserve judgment, right? And I just, again, I just want to listen to people. They have an experience. They have an event. They want to share it with people. And I think that's what has made people more um, be willing to share their story with me because I'm not instantly going to look for an answer or provide, you know, um, uh, a take on this that, discounts their story or say, oh, well, what you saw was something else. 
just tell me your story. I wasn't there. I can't prove what happened to you, but I can't disprove what happened to you either. Mm-hmm. Right. You're, you're, yeah. you're kind of like a paranormal therapist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, this would be great. If, I, if that was an actual profession and I could get into it, that would be fantastic. <laughs> That's where the dollars are, man. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's... If I'm going to do an actual investigation, though, so it starts at the the interview stage, mm-hmm. right? Like, I I have to get to know the person. I have to get to know their story, um, the witness. Um, who are they apart from their experience? Do they have other experiences aside than just this one? Are they of sound body and mind? Are they not crazy people yeah, on drugs? that's important, yeah. Yeah, and if they are in drugs, I'll more than likely dismiss the entire account because, again— I have to think like somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you may have had a legitimate experience, but if you're under the influence, how are we to know that that was your true reality? Mm-hmm. Um, this is why I myself don't touch any substance or even drink alcohol. Um, my life is weird enough as is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, now, that's however, well, look, people will also say like, come on, the account is too unbelievable to accept. And maybe it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just lying to me. Um, but what I've learned with people who are, who are lying is you'll eventually pick up on it sooner or later because their story just kind of falls apart over time, right? Um, but with some of these experiences, you can just see it in their eyes or you can hear it in their voices. Um, it, it, they're still processing this stuff, the event. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of times people they're their biggest skeptic. They're doubting their own story because they're like, this is sounding crazy. But they're telling me this story with conviction. Something did happen. Um, And usually with the most intriguing cases, I'll keep the conversation open because they won't necessarily tell me everything that happened to them from the very beginning. Why would they? I mean, they don't know me. I don't know them. Um, So I like to keep the interview as an ongoing one. Uh, because if they've had multiple things occur um, over their lifetime, they'll usually like they'll give me nut, you know, certain nuggets, highlights in the beginning, but they'll keep other things out. And then over time, they'll tell me more and more. Um, actually, just this just happened today, a few hours before the show. One of the guys in my book. He was telling me about how he had a near-death experience that I had no idea about. He didn't even think it was related to this stuff. But he's telling me about how this lightning bolt like, was like just a couple of feet away from him. <laughs> and he almost wow. died. Right, but that happened just a couple months before his experiences start happening. And I'm thinking like, okay, maybe there's something to this. So I have to interview mm-hmm. him more about that. But it's interesting, right? No, oh, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> But so I think like it's it's the it's the seemingly mundane stuff that um that I want to hear about. Like when I'm asking somebody about their experience, um, I don't want to just hear about the experience. I want to hear about what were you doing just prior to the experience, or what transpired just after the experience. What was your reaction? How did you respond? And a lot of times, um, we'll begin to uncover more things about how it operates. Um, and how it moves when we begin to shift our gaze away from the, the event as a whole and we begin to f- you know, focus in on the, the experiencer. 
um, and we'll find that it's a lot more subtle and covert than we anticipated. And I mean, also, you want to have all the pieces of, of the puzzle, like you want to be able to put yourself in, you know, in context to where, you know, everything that's going on, right? You want, right. To, get the, you want to get the entire angle of the room as well and the, the situation. Um, so Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. So, I mean, moving on, um, when you, you know, when you get these stories or, or, or you know, when you're in investigating something, do you, do, is it more of a broad sort of, um, a broad spectrum of what exactly you're, you know, you're looking for, or do you like, you know, specialize on like, Oh, like UFO cases or, um, you know, like demons or maybe something else, like something that's a little more cultural, like, like vampires or like, um, you know, like, you know, monsters that people see or things like that, or is it sort of like you just analyze the story really, and then sort of, you know, fill in what you think. Well, I, I tried to, so usually a report will come in touching on one particular aspect, whether it's a UFO uh, experience or, or haunting or, or Bigfoot, or we also call them uh, cryptids right, that deals with like creatures. Um, but I focus, I like to focus on anything that I consider high strangeness, right? Because it all relates in one way or another. Yeah, I um, assume, yeah. I wouldn't consider myself a specialist in information pertaining to things like, you know, vampires or, um, you know, werewolves or, or other things, because those reports don't come across, uh, come across my desk as frequently um, as your stereotypical ghost or UFO-related experience. However, I will certainly look into anything that seems credible or has something to follow up on regardless of the topic. So a lot of times when I'm getting a case... Um, Again, it, it all comes down to the interview, right? Mm -hmm. I, I tend to I ask people, okay, well, what other things that seemed out of the ordinary occurred to you? Anything at all. It doesn't have to be related to a specific category. Just tell me everything. Like, what's, what's your most, the most profound experience you've had? You know, whether it was like a, a very normal experience or a very a happy experience. or Because then um, sometimes you'll hear the witness or the individual kind of like realize, oh, wait, that was, that was connected. I never thought about it like this. Or why did I respond that? That's strange. I never thought about it in all the years. You know? um, so I, I guess that would make me more of a... Uh, there's a term called a, a Fortean, Fortean. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that. It's um, it comes from the writer and researcher Charles Fort. He was a um, he was an, a writer who studied this, and he wrote about anomalous phenomena back in the early 1900s. Uh, his journey into this influenced others to look at all the facets of the phenomena, just one specific. So, like more than just like the spiritualist movement, like more of right. anything that was happening, really, anything out of yeah. the norm. Yeah, because it all seems to relate and interconnect. Um, that's why I think it's all coming from one source, just in different forms. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Now, have you ever actually gotten any stories on sort of like, like more pop culture items, vampires and werewolves and demons and that kind of stuff? And like, what's your take on, on those creatures? I mean, they're, they're, they're very separate things. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't gotten any vampire stories, <laughs> thankfully. But <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> Um, yeah, vampires tend to creep me out, but it, um, 
hey, if something came across, absolutely, I would look into it. Um, but as far as like, you know, demons and that sort of stuff, yeah, that's a lot more common than you think. Um, it just shows up in different ways. So like an example of like, you know, going to like the, the demonology aspect, right? Like um, here's something to, to creep you out. Uh, <laughs> sometimes when you're dealing with a negative case or negative entity, as we like to call them, um, they'll show up as something very innocent or very childlike, something to kind of like get your guard down to be more receptive and more trusting to it. Mm -hmm. And then you realize, whoa, whoa, that's not what it was. Um, another great example of this is in um, uh, Ralph Sarchi's book, Deliver Us From Evil. I, I recommend that one. He's a demonologist in New York. He was an ex-New uh, York cop, too. He, he uh, wrote about a case, and I've heard about these types of cases before, where there is um, kind of like this good cop, bad cop entity thing going on where a homeowner will they'll say like oh there's this there's this really bad ghost it's up in the the attic right but then there's this really good ghost who is saying trust me because i can keep that one at bay and you won't have to worry about it only to realize later on that they're one in the same mm -hmm. they're just it's just splitting itself into two gotcha. to, again that's even more creepy absolutely but this happens all the time um just up from where i live in the next town over, there was a case um, where there was a, a boyfriend and girlfriend, and the boyfriend and girlfriend were experiencing paranormal activity in their home, and the boyfriend ended up killing himself, right? Um, shortly after that, the girlfriend and her new boyfriend began seeing the apparition of that guy trying to get them to take their own life. And what's interesting about that is when the first boyfriend and girlfriend were experiencing what or, or were relating what they were experiencing, that boy or that guy was um, he was getting pressured by some unknown force to take his life, which oh, ultimately wow. you think right. it was another previous boyfriend the girl had and she was the source of it or or that's a good question. It could have <laughs> um it turned into a very negative case. I didn't work on it directly, but um, some friends of mine did, and mm -hmm. they related to me the whole case. It was a very intense one, and it, they had to take that couple, that new couple, um, to um, basically something was attached to them. So they had to take them up to New England to get rid of it. Um, it was really bizarre, really bizarre case. But again, we don't know what it is. Yeah. So if, if there's an apparition coming through, and it's appearing to somebody, and it's like, hey, I'm your, your long-lost grandfather, right? <laughs> like, you can trust me. Well, I would be very cautious. Yeah, you can't, you can't really yeah, definitely trust that. Just trust a random voice you hear. That's right. And the same goes to, like, UFO phenomena, right? Like, you know, not to veer off topic here, but, you know, you have these entities appearing to people saying, hey, we come in peace, right? Mm -hmm. Do not be afraid. Well, then why are you taking people in the middle of the night and in the middle of the day? Yeah, I always wondered about that. Like, <laughs> like, oh, I mean, I guess I always explain that they're just here for exploration or whatever. But that is right. kind of mean. You hear that <laughs> all the time. That they're they're here to study us. Really? Well, they have technology to. Why do they need us? You know, it's just yeah. <laughs> some something just don't add up, right? And 
you know, it's, it's really bizarre. So I'm very hesitant to believe these things at face value as what they're appearing at. I like to just take notes, look for similarities and patterns in the phenomenon. And, um, and that's that. And then go from there. So, um, in, in your investigation, I know that you've like mentioned mediums, like, like, what do you think about, um, like, like, like what a medium is and what, and what they do? Like, do you think they're legit, like, or not? Um, and like, why, like, you know? Yeah, no, that's, that's something we have to be very, um, careful of because, um, well, let's start by defining what a medium is, right? I'd say it's somebody who has the ability to intercede between us and the phenomena. Um, call them psychics or channelers or communicators or what have you. But the, the real mediums you never hear about because they don't want you to know that they have that ability. There's a lot of people who just seek this out in, in one way or another to either get attention or mm-hmm. money or fame. The real deal people who, who I've um, interacted with who have this gift don't even consider it a gift, but rather a curse. I mean, they're, the reason why is they're downright disturbed and scared of their abilities. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Right, because there's a greater cost attributed to it. An emotional cost in maybe losing friends who just don't understand or a physical cost because it's so overwhelming or a spiritual cost because, again, once you become aware of the other side, it now becomes aware of you. Mm-hmm. In my book, I refer to this woman who was um, a, a Buddhist, right? Um, she was she was telling me that on her spiritual journey, she was starting to see the dead and interact with them. But it was an inadvertent byproduct in her training as a Buddhist. And her mm-hmm. teachers warned her of this. They said that the ability would subside over time, and they stressed that she should not focus on that particular aspect or it would take longer to subside. Um, Another unrelated Buddhist told me the same thing, that she too has this ability and has always had it since her childhood. But she has to go to like a temple every, I think like 10 years or so, just to get her spiritual third eye shut off. Um, And she's been extremely reluctant in sharing anything else with me about um, her own experiences, mainly because she's afraid that if she starts talking about it, it'll come back. Oh, that's interesting. That's really I, never, interesting. I never realized that would happen in, in Buddhism. Like, cause you, you, well, I mean, yeah, because yeah. I guess the point is being enlightened, yeah. right? So I think yeah. once you sort of open up to all of that, you know, you start, you know, experiencing everything at once and not just, you know, oh, this life, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah. back back on the on the mediums, um, so, so then I guess, so what do you think of, like, um, all that happened with, with the, you know, spiritualist movement where you had all these mediums who were, you know, a lot of them were debunked as fakers and things like that, like swindlers. But what about the ones who, you know, really did, you know, use it to make money and they were never, you know, called fake. Do you think that's still something like, I guess the way I'm, I want to try to say is the way mediums are like advertised, you know, like, yes, we will talk to your dead relatives and we will, you know, give you peace of mind or whatever. Do you think that's, um, legit or is it is it more of just people who you know experience the phenomenon but it's not super personal as far as like oh my dead grandmother or something like that you know like Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah absolutely so 
again, first and foremost, we need to be very careful about, you know, how to trust these people, right? Because there are a lot of charlatans out there. There's a lot of people who are going to take advantage of vulnerable people and they're going to play off of their emotions or they're going to be, um, you know, you see this a lot in like TV shows and like those, um, those huge performances where there's a huge crowd of people, right? They'll do a lot of these uh, quick reads where they're trying to uh, gain information. But if you really look at like their, their hits to success or um, their hits to miss count, like they're missing a lot more than they're hitting. And um, so, you know, again, they, they're very good at what they do, but there are people who do have this ability. Um, but I like to, I like to put it this way, right? So, okay. Say you do have somebody, say you go to somebody and they have, uh, demonstrated that they do have an ability to read you. I would ask, are they truly um, getting information from another source? Like, um, like who is feeding them that information? Is it really a deceased relative? Or is it something posing as such? It's like, you know, when you mess with a Ouija board, well, how do you know that that the information from an external source? What is just reading their mind and is retrieving that information, thinking that it's being told to them from another source. But really, they're just, you know, determine um, what's causing it or, or what what is giving them that information. I, I would just be very hesitant to anyone who goes out there and, um, you know, that's uh, when it's like they might have some other. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, some people are also just really perceptive that too. like they can just pick up on things that normal people wouldn't pick up on. Uh, but that's what I yeah. always, you know, figured like, I mean, obviously these people are there to make, you know, a profit. And so they say, all right, well, let's just make this person feel good. And then boom, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So one, one thing I wanted to ask you actually, before we move on, um, have you ever heard of or seen the show Supernatural? I've heard of it. Okay. I haven't watched any episodes though. Okay. I mean, it's, it's not like to your level, I would say it's more of like a, you know, like it's more like it's entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> it's entertainment. But I was just curious just to see about that. <laughs> so, um, at this point we wanted to kind of introduce the, uh, experience that Jose had um, a little bit. Yeah. Um, so let me start the story with the deep. I had a lot of time, like, we both had a lot of time on our hands, so we're like, you know, it's late, like, let's go do something. So we're like, yo, let's go to the fishing spot. You know, we always go fishing at this um, spot. It's at, like, this, um, it's at, like, the cross from there. It's, like, this little forest with, like, a little picnic area. And then, like, if you walk into the forest, there's, like, this big lake, and we usually go fishing at that lake. So it was close to midnight at this point where we decided to go fishing. So we, you know, you know, we grab our gear, head over to the spot and we get to the spot and it's really foggy, you know, like the weather, it's like really ominous and we're just kind of like poking at it, you know, like, oh, like, <laughs> like, dude, it's like some zombie weather, you know, like, you know, it's like really creepy out here. Oh, something's going to come and get us, <laughs> you know, blah, blah, blah. Zombie weather. Um, as, as you walk into the forest. There's this little path and then it ends and then you just keep walking until you reach the, the lake. Um, so pretty much we grabbed our gear. Um, I walked ahead of my friend. I'm like, I walk down the concrete path. I get to the end of it. And then I notice that he's not with me. So I look back and he's at the very top. And he's like staring at something. 
thoughts when I see what he's staring at. And it just completely like made my heart drop. And as soon as I saw this thing, it was it was uh, like it's like a it's like a humanoid at least like seven feet tall it was kind of skinny had like a grayish hue to its skin didn't have any hair and then it like, appeared like nothing like the area was kind of flooded so if it would have run like if it would have ran we would have heard footsteps we're in the forest if it would have flown away we were we would have heard the trees we would have heard like signs of anything if it just like ran away in any shape or form you know like we would have heard it but it just disappeared and I pulled out my phone's flashlight and started looking and then we I didn't see anything so I just like ran up and I was like dude what do we do what do we do and he's like yo we gotta get the and um in your book in the very beginning pages um it says something about um analyzing the situation and like trying to make sure that you like jot it down like right when it happens or or having someone with a similar experience to you know kind of um like hey and to this day i honestly have no idea what it was or why it was there or why we both saw it you know so what's your take on this like have you heard anything similar to this or no well I am not sure I have an explanation, but I have a lot of questions. Um, All right. So the first thing I want to ask you um, is where exactly was this? What was the location? Um, it wasn't like, like that's the thing. Like it wasn't anywhere like in the middle of nowhere or anything. It was just, I was in like a suburby area of Marietta, not like near any houses or anything. It was, um, you know, like a shipping yard. Like, it wasn't like an old broken down shipping yard. It was pretty well kept shipping yard. Like, you know, where the semis come in and pick up shipments and leave and stuff like that. So, like, it this was. This was Marietta, Georgia? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, uh, when exactly was this? Do you have like a, a, a month, day, year? Um, I think it happened in. I think in June, either in May or in June. I'd have to talk to my friend, but um, I know it happened in the summer, between uh, May last. and June. Yeah, it was like two, like at, like, I think like May or June of this year. It will have been two years. Okay, so 2017 then. Yeah, just about. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, and did you see your? You mentioned that uh, your friend had walked up to the top, right? Like you, um, if I'm remembering, like you mentioned, like he was just there, right? He yeah, was he the was top. at the entrance, at, like the entrance of a little woods. I was at the bottom of the little concrete path. It's not a big concrete path. Okay. Did you see him walk uh, to the end of that, or to that entrance? Um, I I walked ahead of him. But when I noticed he like wasn't right next to me, I like looked back and he was standing at the top, like staring at something. Like, do you remember how like far of a distance that would have been? Um, he was probably, I'd say, a solid like ten feet away from me. Okay. Maybe. So, 
All right. So there's, I mean, so it, the reason why I ask this, I know these seem like mundane questions, but again, this is what I ask because there, there could be something there, right? A, a small clue like, okay, well, how did he get from one end to the other? You know, were you just mm -hmm. not paying attention? And then he was, he, you know, moved up ahead. The other question is, you know, I would love to talk to your friend about this and maybe, you know, outside of this, this podcast, we you can put me in touch with him and I can interview you guys maybe yeah. for, a, because this is really interesting. Um, did you, uh, you know, what, what prompted him to go to that edge, right? Like, did he see something before you? Um, I think he definitely saw it before I did because I was full and ready to keep walking towards the lake. But, you know, um, I said, I, like, he wasn't next to me like I was expecting him to be. And when I looked back, he was already looking at something. Right. So that was what, like, prompted me to, like, try and look in the direction he was looking in. And that's where, that's, like, when I saw that thing also. And you guys were there to go fishing, you said, right? <laughs> yeah, we were there to go fishing. Had you ever been there to fish before? Yeah, yeah, we had been to that spot, like, a handful of times. And had you ever returned since that incident? I returned once during the day to kind of, like, analyze the situation and where that tree was, where I saw that thing, and just, you know, and then we left when it started getting dark. <laughs> and how did it disappear? Do you remember? Um, it just kind of, like, blended into the background, like, blended into the shadows, and it was just gone. I heard the leaves move a little bit where it was, but that was it. Like, it didn't like run away or fly away or anything like that. I didn't jump into the water or anything. Um, speaking of like what you heard, um, were there any other sounds that you heard just prior to um, seeing this thing? No, there was nothing. It was quiet. There, the, the yard was empty. The, the forest was completely empty. It was a little bit flooded also. Hmm. So, uh, from yeah, so like where the thing was standing, there was probably like a minor bit of like water on the ground mixed with like leaves and stuff. Um, okay, so it was like like a rainstorm or something. Or... Yeah, I think it had rained like a day or like earlier that day. I think it had rained. That's probably why it was so foggy that night. Oh, huh, interesting. Um, interesting. Uh, when you say it was quiet. Like, just before the incident took place, did it get noticeably silent? Um, it was, when we pulled up to the place, like, you know, it's, it's like midnight, so, like, you kind of expect it to be quiet. But, okay. like, the whole, like, feel of the place was just kind of, like, off. Because, you know, like, we get there, it's like really foggy and like kind of dark and like the fog is like rising and we're just kind of like making jokes about how scary the weather is, you know. Okay. Um, but it did to an extent kind of feel a little ominous. Huh, interesting. Um, the reason why I ask that is, um, you know, about the silence, right, is sometimes there is an eerie silence that'll take place. We call it the Oz effect where just prior to an incident, whether it's a UFO or a strange humanoid type figure, um, or even like a ghost, things will just get 
super quiet. Like all the all the insects, all the wildlife will just shut up. Yeah, there was and, nothing. You're right. I didn't. There was literally nothing. Yeah, it's and then it's right after the event takes place. Then usually the um, environmental sounds pick up again. Or sometimes it'll be like that way with people too. Like um, you, you know, sometimes there's like a big crowd, right, of just random people, and then they just suddenly disperse, and then the event takes place. And then the random strangers come back in as if nothing had happened. Uh, weird stuff, right? Um, you had also mentioned uh, it being very foggy, right? Yeah. So that's actually reported during a lot of time slip experiences. Um, mm. This foggy element. This um, Sometimes like the sky will look slightly uh, darkened, or slightly off. Kind of like, like an eclipse, right? Um, mm -hmm. so I think that was really interesting. Um, now again, that could have just been because of the weather too. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned it was in the summer, right? So, yeah. So it was probably like 70 degrees that night. Yeah. So maybe the, you know, the ground was cooler than the air temperature. I, I don't know. Again, we have to look at like natural explanations first before we jump to the, um, the supernatural, but this, seven foot tall grayish skin no hair humanoid thing that's interesting um now after you had had the experience what happened next you see this thing it disappears you guys leave what happens after that um we just go home we like right when we get back to his place we just kind of like talk about what happened we, we we both took turns like telling our side of what we were experiencing and it all led to like us seeing the same exact thing we both described it to each other the same exact way and had um had he or you ever experienced anything like that before um i don't know about him um I, I kind of have, but it's 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 not something I really like to talk about. What? <laughs> what? Sorry. Go ahead, Justin. Yeah. Oh man. Perhaps we will talk off the record then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can tell you off the record. It's just I don't know. Like I told one person, one time, and she kind of made me like seem like I was crazy. So I just kind of like refrained from ever telling anyone again. Wow. Okay. There you go, guys. There you yeah. go. This we is didn't what know that. Yeah, so we important. did that. So, and just, this is, yep. I'm sorry, sorry, really quick. I actually wanted to let you know we uh, we were Googling document or uh, pictures based on what he described, and we actually sent you something. Um, this is we've talked about this multiple times uh, over the past couple months. So if you want to just take a look at it, um, but sure. um, go go ahead and what you were um saying. Um, I was gonna say, you know, this is why we tend to ask or we should as investigators ask all these questions because as we have seen or as, as you're kind of relaying your story, it, this isn't the first time it's happened, you know, there, and I'm curious to hear about those other experiences and even as are we, <laughs> there's a lot of, you know, I always tell people, especially when, when looking into their experiences is, um, don't just 
stop with that one experience. It, that could have been like the start of other events or it could be just part of the experience. It's like when people have a UFO report, right? I tell them, okay, that's great. Keep looking up because you're, these things may return. Um, or like, you know, with paranormal cases, like um, investigators, especially new ones, will get all excited. Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. this crazy noise happened. Pay attention. There could be much more. You're going to miss all of it, you know? Right. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. That's really interesting. I'm so glad that you shared that story with me. <laughs> yeah, because I would never have known that he's actually experienced something else as well. But, I mean, hey, that's that's your, uh, this, I respect your decision to want to, you know, keep it to yourself. And, and Justin, has anyone else come to you with that, like, that similar story like that or a similar sort of entity? Yeah, I mean, there these humanoid cases are things that I'm really fascinated by because you don't hear them nearly as frequently as other things but they're the most interesting because there's other aspects that are related to it there's other um experiences that tie into it um that's why i was also asking you about the date too because what i want to do is i want to look at some of the other reports look at some of the news clippings for marietta at that particular time period to okay. see if there were other oh, interesting you know it's like Again, going back to the Mothman, right? Um, with that case, there was so much more going on than just the Mothman. There were men in black reports. There were animal mutilations. There were UFO sightings. There was a strange grinning man spotted mm. on the side of the road that I think it was like six days prior to the first Mothman report. Um, this is weird stuff. And at that same time, there was another grinning man humanoid encounter in uh, New Jersey. Um so it's like you have all these different aspects, but if we're so focused on just the one, we're never going to see the other ones or we're never going to see the connection. So that's why I want to interview you more um, extensively and just um, get you to talk about this stuff. But we, we have got to talk about it later. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd like to get my friend involved also so that you can hear like a different side of the story also. Yes, and I want to I interview both of you independently too. So uh, Okay, okay. See if they're lying. Right? <laughs> yeah, see if they're lying. <laughs> well, not to see if you're lying. I mean, it's look, if you're lying, you got to live with that story, right? But I just, um, I, I want to, because sometimes when you get two witnesses, um, they can inadvertently like lead each other on. Like, oh, yeah, and I saw that. Oh, yeah, me too, me too, you know, because okay. they want to yeah. Yeah, yeah. support their friend's story. Um, and they don't, sometimes they don't realize that they're doing it. So that's why I like to interview people uh, individually. And separate mm, yeah that's fascinating thank you for sharing that yeah 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 man, really... no problem i was I, I was really um looking forward to to this particular podcast for that reason because i wanted to share that with you and get your opinions and thoughts on that yeah in fact um we'll we'll talk offline i mean send me an email and let's uh let's talk about this because i want to interview you as soon as possible <laughs> all right yeah yeah definitely for sure i'd love that because that's the other thing too. Like you want to, you know, a, a tip to other, you know, investigators out there. You want to interview the person as soon as the experience happened, because m memory is very fallible. It it's going to deteriorate over time, and we're going to fill in these gaps where where we shouldn't. And that's why it's so important, even as a listener to this to this show, to this podcast. If you haven't experienced, document it, write it down. 
put it in a notepad somewhere. As soon as it happens, all the details, what you're thinking, what you're going through, what your day was like. Again, it may seem mundane, it may seem ridiculous, but that helps us as investigators and researchers to look for patterns and similarities, look for things that could give us a clue as to how this phenomenon may operate. Yeah, those were really good questions. I love the way you handled that. Uh, I was it, It's very fascinating, Justin. Um, so thank you for that. Honestly, I just got to say um, props to you on that. Yeah, and like those questions, like like I can't wait to get more into it, you know, like offline because like those questions kind of also helped me to analyze the situation and what was going on at the time too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just took a look at the picture that uh, you sent me here. That is really freaky, but um, you know what? <laughs> I've, I've heard this before. I've seen this type of uh, creature uh, described before. So it's, um, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Um, you should post this up on your website so that the listeners can also. Yeah. So this, <laughs> this creature, it's, it's not exactly kind of what I saw, but it's the closest thing I've been able to find um, as to what it kind of looked like. Yeah. This is really interesting. Yeah. So we did get a couple of, um, of stories as as we mentioned um justin mm-hmm. and yes. uh for the sake of time i think we're just gonna maybe pick one but okay. uh, i would definitely like to kind of see how you uh what's your take on those and how you kind of analyze that um so i don't know if i'll have answers mm-hmm. for these people but um i can tell you how i would approach it if i was investigating it yeah no that that Sounds good to yeah, me. Yeah, because I'm guessing like you don't have any other information that than no. you know the regular people have. You know. Yeah. Um, do you want to share with the listeners? Um, yeah, yeah. Of, so. Yeah, tell the story because I don't know it, <laughs> and I don't want to read it. Okay, so <laughs> tell it to me, please. The backstory on this is um, Annie, uh, her her best friend committed suicide around June, July of 2015, and you know left no note, nothing to indicate that anything was wrong. Um, so, you know, the funeral occurred and everybody said their words and, uh, um, the main thing that she talks about is that there's a song, I believe that he, this, her friend, no indication of gender. (laughs) Oh, he, he, (laughs) he left, um, he, he had a song that he basically did not like. And so she would always put the volume up, um, to kind of annoy him. And, uh, she was home alone and basically the song that was coming up that he hated went up by itself she was home alone doing laundry her ipod was in another room and then boom it just went up and then i guess skip to the next one yeah it was it was a very interesting story and kind of tragic story you know mm-hmm. when i was looking at it um, or reading it. Um, so a couple things come to mind, right? So um, again, we need to look at this phenomenon from all different angles. Mm-hmm. It, you know, the easiest explanation, and probably the one that we would like to um, accept, is yeah, it was him from the other side just letting her know, right? right. That he's, and it's a possibility, or it could have been maybe. As she was thinking about him, those thoughts kind of manifested themselves. 
Right. And perhaps she inadvertently affected electronics on a on a, uh, a psychical level, which is just as impressive. Um, but she didn't realize she was doing it. It could be. I mean, there's so many questions, right? We yeah. don't have any answers. We can only speculate. But um, I like to encourage people just to to again look at when you have an experience. Take a step back and think, all right, where was my mental process at the time? What were my emotions at the time? Was I stressed? Was I thinking of this individual when I had this experience? Um, and I'm not discounting what happened. It, it could have been you know, the other side, or it could have been coming from within her, meaning she affected this just by her mind. You know, I'm not saying like, you know, she created this story out mm. of her mind. I'm saying like maybe she had an impression on this on this um what was it, an iPod? Yeah. Yeah. An iPod because she was in that mindset. Okay, yeah. I, I can I can definitely see that. Yeah, I can it's definitely really interesting. Yeah. So yeah. you think that that's something that, you know, for instance, when it's something that that's so, you know, powerful or so traumatic that it can have a physical manifestation, you know, like her, you know, being grief and mourning and then that could turn into, you know, a phenomenon. Possibly. I mean, this gets into, uh, you know, again, this is very, touching very lightly on uh, thought forms or tulpas, um, you know, things that like, oh, we spend so much mental energy on that we manifest these things and these things could then take on a life of their own is is a is something related to consciousness you know it, it could be that we're projecting it we we are manifesting these ghosts if you will and we don't even realize it um, or there could be something else that is maybe Posing as such. I mean, these are, again, you got to look at it from all these different angles. Um, I, I think that it, gets, it becomes really dangerous when we, when we assume this is definitively what it is. It's definitive, definitively the, the spirit of this deceased individual. Right. Like the mind just kind of wants to perceive that because it's, it's kind of like the emotional response and the, the logical right. thing to think about. And even more disturbing is, okay, if we buy into that, there could be another, you know, this is where we talk about the paranormal trickster coming to play. There could be this other entity, this other force that seizes upon that vulnerability and poses as such and therefore lets Annie's guard down and starts to manifest as other things when, you know, that make her believe that it is. For know, whatever, like, individual. agenda that this thing might have or something like that. Potentially. Wow. Um Again, these are all, we can only speculate, right? We can only, I would be curious to see, because I, I think Annie mentioned that there were some other, she had some other, um, yeah, she said, I've seen very subtle things that lead me to believe that he is still here with me. Um, but then she even admits, but possibly I could be reading too much into this situation. Who knows? Um, mm -hmm. I think Annie's approaching it from a very healthy um, perspective, you know, to, to question everything, to to approach it from a skeptical um, mentality, but also have an open mind. 
But yeah, not so right. open that your brains fall out, you know? Um, it's really interesting. I mean, it's so many questions that I have for Annie, but again, for the sake of time, we can't really get into them. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> and if she, I would love to have, um, you know, if she wants to further discuss this, she can always email me directly too um, or contact me through my site and we can, you know, take the discussion from there. So, um, you actually uh, inadvertently just kind of answered one of the questions or one of the, one of the topics I wanted to go to with, with your book, um, uh, the spectrum, um, with, which was the stress and supernatural abilities. So I think you, <laughs> we're just going to go uh, more into your book now, um, which is a really good read. And I recommend to anybody who's listening. So, um, <clears throat> the first, the first, uh, in the, in the very beginning of it, you, you mentioned, uh, doppelgangers, um, and I was I'm just gonna my take on doppelgangers, and then I wanted to ask you, kind of basically what uh, if it's like a coincidence or more of a supernatural thing. So, um, you you mentioned how you had a teacher who basically was like uh, back when you were in high school, I believe, or yes, yeah, that was like um, oh thanks for serving me last night at the restaurant, and you're like uh, that wasn't me, <laughs> um, right? I can relate to that on so many levels because. I've had people that just like, oh yeah, um, I thought I saw you, and I was like, no, that's not me, um, and and then they show me a picture of somebody, and it looks like me or similar features. Um, I have a right. cousin who, um, on my mom's side, and she's, uh, I, I've met her once in my life, and she recently got married. I couldn't make it to the wedding, but everybody was like, yeah, that that looks like you. That was you, and people were commenting on on the pictures that she posted. On, on Facebook, you know, it's like, oh, Daniel got married, uh, you know, family members from across the, the country and in Mexico. And I was like, um, no, that's not Daniel. That's actually this other cousin who's married to this guy. Right. And it's like, uh, <laughs> no, that's and, and, and when I looked at the picture, I was like, oh, my God, I can see how they think that, you know, from far yeah. away, it looked like me. And then you get closer and it's like there's there's distinctions that aren't me. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And there's, you know, I, I put that account into my book because I wanted to, you know, let the reader know that, Hey, look, just because something weird happens doesn't mean that it's truly weird. Right. Right. I think I, I, I talked about a, um, another theory, right. Um, that suggests that over time as we see and meet more people in our travels, strangers begin looking similar to those we already know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a great example that you shared, right? Like, yes, there are people that will look like other people. Um, it just gets weird when it, you know, it goes a step further. Um, and when you start to recognize other people that also recognize you, because you can't place where or when. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really weird, right? Um, and right after that story, I go into that um, in the book. So what do you think, what what do you think that is? Like what, what's your, I guess, best explanation to why things like that happen? Um, cause you know, I've heard plenty of stories of doppelgangers and actually I told these, I think I told it to them last time I was here, this, um, when I was taking a forensic science class, we were studying how uh, certain cases like before fingerprints and things like that. And there was this one case of two gentlemen who were, you know, taken to jail at different times, obviously. And, 
um, back then what they would do is they would measure all of your facial features, you know, to keep you in the system. Like they would see how far apart your eyes are, you know, the size of your head and your mouth and all these different measurements of the proportion of your face. So they could, you know, lock you down as, you know, booking you or whatever. And so this one man who got arrested, they took all of his measurements and then he was let go later on. And then, uh, years later, another man with actually with the same name, um, one of them's name was William. The other one's name was Will. But, uh, the second man who was arrested, they were like, yeah, we already have his info cause they took all of his measurements, but it was two completely different people. Um, and so I told him about that and I think it was really creepy cause in, in the, in the textbook we were studying, it had the guy's pictures and they literally looked like the exact same person. Um, but it was only until, you know, they took their fingerprints later, they realized that there were two different people. Um, but so do you think there's like, what, what, what is your best explanation for things like that? Uh, you know, if I had an explanation, I could definitely serve it up here. I wish I had an explanation. The fact is, I don't know what causes these doppelgangers. And I would love to hear, especially from your listeners, more reports of doppelgangers. It is so hard to find stories of this actually occurring. And I know they're out there. But again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like, we don't, with a lot of people, they don't know uh, how, to, how to categorize this. So who do they know? Uh, the person to go to with their story, right? right. Like it doesn't fall to the paranormal category. It doesn't fall on the UFOs. It, 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 who do you who do you tell this to, right? I, I want to hear those experiences. Um, there was one guy that I wrote about in my book. His name is Gary Sudbring. And I don't know if you guys remember reading that, but um, yeah, we were actually talking he, about that before um, we started. Yeah. So just to kind of give the listeners a, a little backstory. Gary Sudbrink was this guy who, um, he, he was in the military and, um, he was actually part of the air force and he left, um, his station and made an unannounced surprise trip back home from Texas to Long Island, uh, New York, if I recall. And this is in the nineties. And, um, he didn't tell his family. He didn't tell his friends that he was going there. He didn't even, well, he may or may not have told his, uh, his um his superiors on the base too um he probably didn't so he gets to long island and he calls um one of his friends one of his uh his buddies up and at this point yes his family had just found out um but he didn't tell anybody else he calls up his friend mike Mm -hmm. mike tells gary on the phone uh, yeah, you just called me, um, the other day, like, um, we already spoke and Gary's like, what, what are you talking about? I didn't call you. And Mike's like, yeah, you did. Um, and it sounded as if you had a stuffy nose and you're coming down with a cold. So I decided we shouldn't get together. Gary's like, I didn't call you. So they had this back and forth. Right. And just to give an example, like, or, or to set the stage here, um, the impersonator, you will, told Mike, the impersonator Gary, told Mike that he had flown in through LaGuardia Airport, when in actuality, Gary had come in through JFK. Now, as he's getting ready to end his phone call with Mike, another call comes in. You know, you have that beep, uh, you know, the call waiting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, nobody has a landline anymore, so nobody knows. But <laughs> <laughs> um, So Gary picks it up. 
And right after that, there's this voice on the other line who's basically telling him, hey, there's an impersonator of you. Now, this goes on. This is a series of phone calls. There, there are, I think, four phone calls that happened over two nights. And Gary is interacting with this thing, and it sounds very robotic. It's referencing his trip from Texas. It's, it's talking in such a way that doesn't make any sense grammatically. It, it's a really weird phone call. Um, that was it. It was just a one-off thing. Right. It's like... Um, yeah, how do you... What category do you put that in? <laughs> What's profound about this experience is the fact that this weird robotic caller is telling Gary that he's being impersonated. And what's also strange about this is Gary has two brothers, right? Stephen and Brian. And at first, he thought that it was Stephen playing a prank on him. Because just a few years prior to the phone call, um, Stephen saw Gary drive up alongside him en route to a wedding, make weird faces to get his attention, and then simply drive off. <laughs> the thing is, Gary was in Long Island at that time, but he didn't have the car, let alone the car that Stephen had described was the exact car that Gary had in Texas wow. at that time. So the exact same make and model. And this is his very own brother, looks over, sees this impersonator Gary, and is like, what the hell? And then... It's impersonator Gary just drives off. And that was a few years prior to these weird phone calls taking place. What the heck is that? That's like... That's so my, weird. My mind just kind of goes like to extraterrestrials or, or something along the lines of that. You know, Or like some government stuff. Like yeah. That's what that sounds like. That sounds like some government <laughs> stuff, man. Well, what's weird about these phone calls is they get in. The, the caller, this mysterious entity, starts talking about governments and um keep your eyes on the skies and weird stuff but and yes gary's family had had a ufo sightings but to my knowledge and even to this very day gary has not wow. and um back in uh what was it? it was december gary and i you know again it's an open conversation he and i were messaging back and forth and he asked me, he said, you know what, like, what if I had never called Mike that night? Would right. that strange caller have ever called me? And would I have even thought about this impersonation thing if Mike hadn't first mentioned it? Because I had asked Gary, I said, well, um, how, how soon did you think about calling Mike? Was it like in that moment that you decided to call him or had you had already thought about this you know, days prior. It's almost like, and he couldn't recall. Um, mm -hmm. The reason why I asked that is because sometimes it seems like the phenomenon is always a couple steps ahead of us. Yeah, it seems I, I to anticipate. <laughs> yeah, it seems to anticipate our reactions even before we have the reactions. Um, another great example of this is um, a friend of mine, another paranormal investigator. He, uh, he had an audio recorder. And when you're doing paranormal investigations, sometimes you'll get uh, strange voices on the recorder that you don't hear in real time. But later on, when you review the tapes, you'll hear the voice. And it's not you. It's not anybody else. Um, but what's interesting about this particular 
incident is he had on the recorder there's a voice that says I'm trying to recall it, it said something like um, you know uh, you have to use the bathroom and then on the recorder you hear this investigator say moments later oh yeah I gotta use the bathroom what whoa <laughs> what is that it's like I, I don't even know how to explain that. that but yeah that's that's creepy it's definitely interesting yeah it's i mean did this voice somehow know that this investigator was going to use a bathroom even before he considered it or did the voice suggest it to him right and it, this is why i bring up consciousness right because what if this was tied to consciousness what if this was a projection of himself instead but then that doesn't make sense either because the unknown voice is female and this investigator was a male. What? So it wasn't That's... his his subconscious. It wasn't anything yeah. to do with him. Okay. Maybe he has a female subconscious. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just pull, I just pulled it up right now because I, I wanted to get the exact wording right. It was um uh the, the voice had whispered to him, do or had said on the recorder, do you have to use the bathroom? And oh. then right. So it actually asked him that question, even though he didn't hear the voice at the time. And then you hear him say, I'm going to use the facilities first. He's telling his investigative team um, seconds after. So so it almost seems like it was sort of a, um, a suggestion. Yeah. Sort of like power yeah. suggestion. This happens all the time. This is why I'm telling people, look, we ha this phenomenon, whatever it is, is very manipulative. It's very deceptive and it works in very subtle ways yeah yeah that's <laughs> so you think you think that that the, for instance do you think that that could be happening to you know any of us like for whatever reason do you think like how would we be able to know if something like that's going on like if we you know like when you're in the grocery store line and you see that candy bar and you're like all right i'm gonna get it um you know what if something like that is because of some influence how would we know that is there any way of you know being able to to know because it because i mean that's pretty crazy because it does seem like yeah. it was a manipulation and things like that and you know our this thoughts what, are not really our own you know something like that it's, it's crazy and this is this is the most this is the more disturbing aspect that people don't really want to want to focus on because that means that maybe we're not in control of our or maybe something, whatever that something is, is just so, has this precognitive ability. And it, it, it's, it's disturbing, I won't lie. It is very disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that does bring I, a little disturbing to me. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, there's another great case study you guys should look into. It's called Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker Ranch. I've I've yeah. heard of that actually. This is a a place out in Utah. They just did a uh, there's a documentary that just came out recently. It's pretty good. Um, it's called Hunt for the Skinwalker, and this will give you yeah. I think I've, I've heard of that before. I've heard some stories right. from that. Yeah. Yeah, it's um. There's a book on it by the same name too. Um, it, that is a prime example of how this phenomenon is is very manipulative, very deceptive. That in a nutshell. That was a location that was studied by the U.S. government. It was subcontracted out 
to another organization, actually a couple of organizations, who, who spent years on the ranch studying the phenomenon. This place, tons of activity happened. Everything ranging from poltergeists to uh, Bigfoot to um, cattle mutilation, livestock mutilation, it was all there. Um, psychic phenomenon, strange lights in the sky, everything. But it was so sporadic. And they studied this thing around the clock. And what they came away with, this was an actual science team too. This wasn't paranormal investigators. This was a science team. This was their job. They were getting paid to do this. And it affected them in unique ways. They walked away from this at the end of this years-long study that whatever it was would anticipate what they were going to do. And it would, it, it would be very elusive. It would do things deliberately off camera or just outside of the line of sight, or it would manipulate things so that you could see that it was there, but you couldn't see it. And there was no rhyme or reason to this. It was almost like it was playing games with them. And the people who were out on the ranch felt this. And I had talked to one of the guys, um, one of the original guys who was out there, and he, he thought, he described the phenomenon as um, a precognitive, sentient phenomenon okay but not like a specific being or, or something like that being. right it was just a it was a phenomenon that would take various forms and the native americans out there they called it skinwalker that was their term for it because I've, I've it, heard that they, term, yeah. right a skinwalker being a shape-shifting being mm -hmm. you, you know um a skinwalker is actually what um I've actually been thinking what I saw could be after I talked to one of my friends about it. Hmm, that's interesting. But I mean, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Cause I've heard like, like skinwalkers being in like different areas of the country. So like, I'm, I don't know. I'm just not a hundred percent sure on that part. Well, but Here's something to think about after they left the skinwalker ranch, the phenomenon followed them. Oh my God. Wow. So, we, what we are dealing with here is not to be taken lightly. I mean, we're mm -hmm. getting this dark, disturbing territory right now, but you know, it, it's not all fun and games. What we're dealing with in this phenomenon, this is a deceptive, manipulative, very powerful phenomenon. It's been around for longer than we can count. We need to be very careful, and oh, we yeah. cannot take face value just because that's what it appears as. We don't know. We don't know what we're dealing with. What do you think would happen if we just left it alone? Like if, if us as, you know, as a culture, you know, had never had that sort of instinct to find out more, to explore more, do you think, what do you think would, you know, what do you think would be like? Well, I mean, it, it's, that's a great question. Cause it's like, does it need us more than we need it? Exactly. I mean, there seems to be some sort of connection to us because going back to that ranch, right? Why did it? Why did it um, physically rip apart the animals out there? Yet it didn't do that to the humans. Why did it toy with them, but it didn't physically assault them to that extent? Maybe it was bored. <laughs> Maybe it was, it was bored. Just, wow. <laughs> I, there's so many questions, right? It's just yeah, not enough insane. answers. And that's what makes this field so frustrating and yet so interesting. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it seems to be that um, whether it's ghosts, whether it's demons, whether it's it's unexplainable topics like these, I don't think we're ever really going to know because, like you said, it, it wants us to know it's, it's present, but it's never going to give us everything. It's never going to... Man, that must be extremely yeah. frustrating then. It's yeah. like... Um, it's, have, it's like having a dream that you can that you remember being so vivid and so real and then not being able to describe it like that's incredibly frustrating mm-hmm. oh yeah it's oh, I, I've walked away with this I may not have answers but I've come to the realization that this phenomenon is not meant to be explained it's meant to be experienced mm. and I don't know why that is but that's how it seems to be Wow. Um, food for thought. Yeah. <laughs> what, if we, what if we don't want to experience it? Like, <laughs> that's scary. I don't want something to happen to me, man. I'm scared. Well, um, <laughs> Justin, um, I would have to say, I think that uh, we've, we've discussed a lot and um, I think we're going to cut it at this point and we would love to discuss this in another episode with you if you're um, available and open as well. I would be honored so much as long as you're not creeped out at this point. No, <laughs> no. It's like middle ground. Like I'm equal parts creeped out, equal parts interested. So either way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like uh, we'll, we'll discuss that off uh, off the mic. So, uh, but really, thank you so much for taking the time and all, all that we've discussed. And hopefully I want to just get some viewer response as well and to see what you guys would like to hear um, and know from Justin. So uh, with that being said, uh, thank you guys for tuning in and uh, stay tuned for another episode with Justin. Thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. I'll definitely be getting in contact with you afterwards. Absolutely. No problem. And um, I guess uh, on the links, we'll, uh, you know, you can find me at normalparanormal.org um, or you can search for my book on Amazon it's you can put in my name or um, the spectrum glimpses of the paranormal encounters with the strange. Do you have any other books or is it just the? Oh yeah, you working on anything else? I'm always working on something. <laughs> okay, nice. when it's available as of now. Okay, all right. Sounds good, man. Alrighty. Well, all right. Justin, we will we'll stay in contact. Um, you know, uh, if you have anything else uh, for us as well, um, you know. Don't be afraid to email me. You have my email, and absolutely, uh, I, I'm definitely interested in all of this. As, you know, as far as listening and learning. I don't think Justin's gonna be afraid to email <laughs> I know. you. I know. I'm just, right. no, I'm just letting him know that you know, <laughs> hey man, Same. you know, pen pal type thing. <laughs> of course, of course. Thank you so much. This is great. Yeah. Thank you once again. Like I said, we appreciate the time you put into this.